Thanks for letting us teach this morning. Dave and I enjoy teaching together. and um, We do. <laughs> we do. We enjoy it. It's my favorite. <laughs> I, um, Valerie's going to teach. I'm just going to be up here as a trophy husband. <laughs> and I would like to clarify, this is still Dave. We've had some looks at church, by the way. Uh, People oh, yeah. are like, who My is hair. she with? Like, he does have hair. He can grow hair. So this is still the same, Dave. Anyway. Um, what a treat. We are looking forward to this. We really are. Um, we're just going to be sharing a little bit uh, about how we have grown as a couple and as a family and how we um, love and we taught about love as a church uh, back in August. We um, had a, a service called, uh, or a teaching called Anchored of Love, one called Love Over Fear, and then another one for the love of God, love one another. And um, we, we haven't mastered it, so we're going to keep teaching about it. Right? Keep on we talking. Can, we can always learn to love more love better so yeah we consider love is one of the essentials I mean I think if we we have to start breaking down what love is um, we have to love ourselves better if we want to love our community we have to love our family units wow you shrank down real quick Um, and then you know so we just wanted to kind of go through why we feel like love is essential in the body in the community (laughs) it's having a hard time Sorry. I'm just going to stand. Okay. I'm just going to stand. So what is love? 1 John 4, 7 through 9 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. There's a lot of, I'm sorry, breathy. Do you like this? Is that better? Down. Uh, that he sent his one and only son into the world that he might live, we might live through him. So we learn a lot from this scripture. We all have grown up in church probably or been exposed to this verse and know that God is love. But uh, for us, it, this shows that God is love and he's the perfect example of love. Um, also, as a believer, we're born of God and know God. And so to know God, it's engagement with God and understanding him and what he has for us. And then uh, we are to love one another. A person cannot love God uh, adequately without being born again. And a person cannot truly show love to other people if they don't know the love of God. I think you can be loving and do kind things, but true love that comes from Jesus, um, uh, you know, we, we have to have the understanding of him. And so scripture, when we talk about love, it's agape love. Agape love is an unconditional giving of oneself for another with no strings attached. Agape is one-sided love because it doesn't have to be returned uh, in order to be kept alive. In other words, it's not, I will love you if you love me. It's, I will love you no matter what. I think a lot of us, you know, if we've come from teachings of law, you know, learning what grace is, and there's always seems to be... um, we feel like love is conditional. I think we've probably all experienced conditional love, and it's an unfortunate thing. But when you know the love of the Father, it is unconditional. I think there are a lot of times 
even in my understanding that I will occasionally, sorry, do this. It's on. Okay. So I think a lot of times, um, if I don't see something come to fruition or I think it's not going how I thought, I can, I can quickly go back to law and think, what have I done? Or, you know, what went wrong that I didn't do something? But I think that's the subtle deception of Satan. Like that, he uses that often to make us think that love, uh, we have to perform in order to earn love. And that's just not the love of God. That's not agape love. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of us probably could, could think of times even in recent life that we feel like, is this a consequence? Um, but to truly know the deep love of the Lord that casts out even fear, you know? Um, and I, um, yeah, Romans eight thirty nine goes into neither um, height nor depth nor anything else in all creation could separate us from the love of God. And so um, I think it's just always reminding ourselves, true agape love, what is that? How do we love ourselves better? How do we accept the love of God so that we can love others and we're never separated from him? Um, One of my favorite verses is 1 John 4, 18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And then Luke 10, 27 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. All right, so I want everyone to open your arms really wide. Go ahead and open. This is the, this is the teacher part in me. And I want you to just wrap your arms around yourself. And I want you just to love yourself for just a second. (laughs) Okay, doesn't that feel so good? If we don't love ourselves, like I said, in in our immediate families and surroundings, then how do we think about changing the world? When we encounter other people, if we can't love well here, how do we love well out there? We know that God's love is consistent, but for us, uh, we... But for us to love the way we were designed to, uh, sometimes it can look different for other people. And that's when we get into like love languages and how do you receive love better and how can we love better, um, starting with loving, you know, the love of God and loving ourselves. So what we know, we know this to be true. God is love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And there's no fear in love and love your neighbor. How do we grow in love? Um, you have to want to, for starters. Um, if you have a habit that you want to break, you have to you have to want to break it. I used to dip tobacco, and I really enjoyed it, loved it, uh, but I knew it was bad for me, and um, I did not quit until I wanted to. You're you're not going to grow in love unless you open your heart up to that. Yeah, so uh, you have to want to grow in love. And then the other thing we felt is that you have to do something about it. So Romans 12, 2 talks about renewing your mind. And so I love the Passion Translation here. 
It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So it's doing something about allowing the Lord to work and to move in you, being willing and open and saying yes to the Lord. And then the other is um, allowing the love of Christ in. Ephesians 3.19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so those are some of our ways that we felt like how you kind of begin to start growing in love. And so really, we're going to just start sharing about some personal things in the Weisiger family, <laughs> that the Lord grew us in love and how we really had to learn to love one another very well. <laughs> as we yes. Um, so how did the Weisigers grow in love? <clears throat> uh, we had to establish love in our own family. I knew that if I wanted to grow in love, I needed to love my family well. Um, how could I love my neighbor in my community the way Christ tells us to if I'm not loving well in my own home? All right. Um, I'm going to share a story with you. It is a little bit embarrassing, and it's extremely transparent, but that's, that's what we do. We are real, right? Um, my mom and dad were in town from Fort Worth, Texas, and it was just Val and I and my mom and dad at the house. And... We were just married, and we are a blended family. Um, just a little sidebar here. Our kids blended beautifully. They got along from day one, and they love each other so well. Uh, <laughs> Val and I, we really had to work on that. Um, so we're like three months into marriage. Um, doing the best we can, and um, we are in a knockdown, drag-out fight with my parents there. It's ugly. It's brutal. It's gone on for hours. It is just like the air is thick with gross tension. And, and we wear our feelings on our sleeves, so you, my mom and dad were like, yeah, Something's going on. They gave us a little space to try to work it out, and it just got worse. You know, when you're, when you're arguing like that, you don't even want to look at each other. You're just, like, even when you pass each other in the house, you're like, you go, like, don't even touch me. Don't, 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 don't. I go all the way, all the way around the whole house to, put something in the trash, and then go back all the way back around. Um, and that's where we were, and um, my dad could feel it, and he just said, um, hey, do you mind if I talk to you and Val? Can, can your mom and I kind of try to speak into this a little bit? I was like, hey, whatever, I'll go ask. <laughs> hey, Val, uh, my dad wants to talk to a school. All right. Is that all right? Is that okay with you? So... We went into the common area in our home, and my dad's trying to get both of our sides, and I'm telling him Val's side, because Val's not talking, and I'm telling him my side, too, and I'm explaining it to him so that he understands my side, like, I'm, I'm the right one in this argument, and 
he's, he's not siding with me, which he's supposed to be doing because he's my dad. And um, it, it just, um, as I'm trying to explain it, and this, y'all, this was over something so simple. It's, I'm not even going to share it because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> and, um, but out of frustration, I got, I was talking to my dad and trying to explain to him, and um, he wasn't seeing eye to eye with me, and I don't know what my mom was saying, and I just finally, I just said, but dad, I am right. And he looked at me, and he said, you don't get it, do you? And I said, get what? And he like squared up on me and took a couple steps towards me and looked right into my heart. And he said, it does not matter if you are right. Look at your wife. And I did. I looked at my wife. (laughs) And I did not see a woman who felt loved. I did not see a woman who felt like she made the right decision by saying yes when I asked her to marry me. (laughs) I did not see a woman who knew without a shadow of a doubt that there was nothing she could ever do to make me love her any less. And uh, that was my fault. (laughs) He pulled us into, we didn't, That was just, we were still kind of like standing here like this. But I realized, okay, I'm in the wrong here. So we go to the living room, and he he pulls the Bible out. He's like, look, can we, can I get you guys to read a couple scriptures? And we're like, yeah, sure. So we sit down on the couch together. And um, he goes to Ephesians 5. And... um, he hands the Bible to Val first. Oh, sorry. Hands the Bible to Val first. And he says, read Ephesians 5.22. She says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And we were both like, ooh, dead. These wounds are still very raw right now. That's <laughs> a little heavy. And um, he said, no, no, no. Now, uh, Val, hand the Bible to Dave. And he had me read 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We went on to, my dad went on to, to talk some more and just to try to speaking to the situation that was going on. And as he was talking, I felt like the Lord, I know for a fact the Lord said, "Um, I need you to hear what I say love is. Because my dad had asked me, Dave, do you love Val? And in my head, I was like, oh, I made her, didn't I? Of course I love her. And I said, yes, I do. And um, right after I said that, the Lord said, you need to look up what I say love is. And I did. Five years ago, I could not have, it would have taken me a little bit of work to find this. Um, But I, I turned right to it. 
which I think was interesting. Um, 1 Corinthians 13.4. I'm going to read this slow because I want us to soak this up like a sponge. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. I'm going to read that again because that was a huge one for me. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. I just want to throw this out there real quick. As a believer, God is the head of my home. I submit to him. I go to him on behalf of my family in different seasons when we need answers for things, when we need direction. And um, he's the head of the home. I submit to him. He tells me to love my wife the way Christ loved the church. That is his intention. That's, that's the way he designed a family to work, right? He's the head then the husband and the wife. And if I don't love my wife the way he has it right here in black and white, then I'm coming outside of that design that he had intended how can I ask my wife to be in relationship with me the way God designed it to work when I am not doing what I'm supposed to do as the head of the house? I'm supposed to lead by example, correct? Yes. It's not a do as I say, not as I do situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, this situation that happened, it was like three months into our marriage, but we've not even been married five years yet. So if that shows you, like, we've really still worked. I mean, it's not hard to love Dave, but it's, um, it's been work to learn how the Lord wants me to love him and to combine our families and, and change maybe what I thought love really was. But, you know, just even several months ago is when we really had a big revelation that it wasn't about proving our point to the other one, you know, we're both very strong-willed. We both were single with our own kid. you know, like we were blending two worlds. Um, uh, but it, it wasn't that I had to say, you know, you had to be on the same page as me on everything. I think what we were doing was working extra hard because we were a blended family that we were almost in overdrive thinking we had to agree on everything, but it was causing so much conflict because we're able to have our own opinion, and that still can be love. And so, you know, for us it was um, establishing love in our own family is what we wanted to start with when we thought, you know, how do we grow? Um, The second thing for us was to watch our response to one another. Um, I think it's really easy to react and not respond. 
And, you know, a long time ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. And then when you're in it, you're like, oh, that was a reaction. That was not responding well. I mean, even a simple story, just recently something happened at Elle's school, and she was actually being bullied a little bit, and she, um, I would say, probably reacted and didn't respond. But when she was sharing it with me, which I'm thankful for, I had to make sure that I was not reacting and that I was responding to her. So she was confessing something she had said and where I could have maybe driven off the road a little in a reaction. I just watched my response and thought, she's coming to me, she feels loved enough, and it was out of a normal response that she trusted me. And so that's, that's the Lord with us, but that's how we are to be with other people. Um, yeah, I've got another story uh, about my dad. And in uh, 95, my dad bought a brand new uh, Ford pickup, F-150, single cab, long bed, five speed. My dad, my dad never bought anything for himself. Um, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. He did the best he could, and it was plenty. Um, so this was a pretty big deal. And um, it was around Christmas time, and uh, I asked if I could use this truck to go to the ATM because back then your debit cards didn't work like they do now. You, the only use for that was just to go get cash out of the ATM. So y'all know those big, oh, yeah, those big concrete, uh, well, they're metal pipes full of concrete that they put around ATMs and fire, uh, or not fire, gas station pumps. And Well, that night, had that not been there, I would have taken out an ATM machine. I ran my dad's new truck right into this thing on the, on the driver's side. It was drivable, but it, it did some damage and bent his rim. Have y'all ever had your head turn into a heart and just boom, 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 boom? That's where I was. It just, and it felt extremely hot. And I was just, oh, let me just go back 10 seconds in time, please. Let me just redo that. And the whole way home, I was dreading my dad's response. Um, my dad didn't usually respond well to things, especially not like this. And um, I was dreading it. I got in. Again, feelings on my sleeve. He could see it all over my face. He said, Dave, what's wrong? I said, I just started saying, I'll fix it, I'll fix it, I'll fix it. And he said, fix what? I said, I wrecked your truck. It's drivable, but I wrecked it. And he, his response was, are you okay? He said, I'm not worried about that truck. That's just a thing. And what that did was it broke a wall that I had put up. It just tore it down, melted me instantly, because that was not the normal response that I got 
from my dad, and I can I can see it in Val too when I respond differently than than she than what the norm would be. It breaks. I can see it on her face, and it's it brings something that I don't even know how to explain with words, but it's tangible and. When you're in a relationship, it's extremely, it's just a connection that you, that it's hard to get, it's hard to explain. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. Um, responses break walls down and reactions put walls up. And I think we've all encountered that. Um, and like Dave said, it's when, you know, in the beginning we were even trying to come up with, you know, after fights, we're like, okay, we're going to respond differently, and this is what I need you to say to me, like, we're even trying to strategize, but um, it was that, you know, in defensiveness, you put wall up after wall up, um, but I do think, when I think of response, I, you know, the, the story of the prodigal son has so many different teachable moments in it, but I do love when the son comes back that the father just welcomed him home in love, just arms wide open, didn't care what had happened, what he did, what he squandered, he just loved him, and I wonder what that son felt like, you know, just being welcomed home and not having things held against him from his father, um, that it was a true love he experienced coming home. First uh, Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And it just makes me wonder if, if we put into practice responding and not reacting to people around us, um, how different would that be? I know, I, and I think I've shared before, I have really bad road rage. Oh, it's really bad. Um, I remember <laughs> when Ellen and Abram were little, and I was driving, and I was, I, somebody cut me off, and I didn't even say anything, and a little voice from behind is like, the freaking car! And I was like, oh, okay, don't say that, mommy. <laughs> you know, so there are, you know, small, you know, things, but, um, but I, you know, I, I want to always be intentional of responding and not reacting. Um, so Dave, how does it make you feel when we are fighting and you don't feel loved? Um, the, um, I'm defensive. I get defensive real quick. Um, a, a fear of abandonment. Probably is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah feeling think, unheard. Yeah, I think for me it's definitely defensiveness, um, feeling silenced if I'm not feeling loved. So I think um, not feeling loved will cause responses and maybe old habits or things to rise up in us, and that's our default. And so we want to work at changing the default to being a response of what the Lord would. If we know that he's love, we know it's provided to us and for us, for others, um, then, then we know we're capable of it. Um, you know, and I think even the same went for our kids when we would see time and time again, you know, even Dave growing from maybe being a little bit more strict, you know, when he was raising his boys alone to us kind of combining families and um, and now it's even comical, which is great that we're laughing about it now because <laughs> it was a tough journey. You know, he's got te- you know, we've got teenage boys, and um, we're just thankful for responses instead of reactions that I've been able to see. Yeah, they're, they're like, Dad, 
Now, remember when you used to be like such a punk? (laughs) Val does this thing uh, when we have a birthday in our home. We go around and we tell something that we love about that person. It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be life-changing. It can be something extremely simple, just something that you love about that person. And to hear my boys' reactions or what their responses to that, my last few birthdays, um, it, it, it just melts me. It's, it's the, oh, it's, the it's, it's what I get for being obedient to the Lord and loving my family well, yeah. And it's a beautiful reward to listen to your 18-year-old say stuff like that. Yeah. All right, so for us it was establishing love in our family, watching our response, and then our last one was looking for opportunities to serve others. So if, if I think most of you do know us, that we're a really busy family. We both work full-time. We do have four kids um, combined, and so we might not be able to commit to every prayer meeting or small group or, you know, some of the just, you know, meeting with friends often, but we do try to pick things to commit to um, to show that we, you know, want, like our, our goal is to love others and teach our kids to love others as well. So First uh, John 3.17 um, says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And so this isn't a condemning verse. It's just a challenging verse. Like if I've got what someone else needs and I'm secure in my love, then I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to show them love. I'm going to do the task. And so it's just taking small steps to set examples for your family and people around you. Um, but we knew that was going to grow our family unit in love. <clears throat> and one example is Mr. Percy. He's our neighbor that lives across the street. Um, he's blind and lives alone, extremely independent. I mean, one day, literally, he climbed a ladder. We were like, oh, oh, Mr. Percy, I don't know. Should you be on that ladder? He's, like, trying to feel for a light bulb. We're like, just call us. Well, years ago, um, Dave, you know, felt like the Lord told him, you can, you need to cut his grass. And he had someone that was cutting his grass, but he, um, something ended up happening to the lawn guy that we didn't even know about ended up having a stroke, so he was not able to cut his grass anymore. So it was just perfect time the Lord spoke to Dave, and Dave started cutting his grass. Well, Mr. Percy had a hard time with that because he is independent. He's like, well, what can we pay you? What can I pay you? What can I do? And I was like, no, Mr. Percy, as a fellow Marine and a neighbor, we want to love you well, and this is what the Lord told me to do. So I was going to let you finish the story because. Yeah. So um, I said, we're Marines. He's a retired Marine. He lives by himself. He is 100% blind. He's got a CNI dog. He's, he uses the stick and everything. He, um, there was, one, there was one time, Val got home. It was like it is right now, as far as season goes. You know where it gets dark at like 2:30 in the afternoon, and she pulled up, and Mr. Percy was outside, and he said, "Dave," and she said, "Oh no, Mr. Percy, it's Val." Do you need Dave? Yeah, yeah, I get Dave. So it's, it's pitch black. You can't see anything. So she ran inside. Dave, Mr. Percy needs you. You, you got to get over there. 
and I'm like in my underwear, so I'm just I'm grabbing a robe, and I'm running out the door with my robe on. She's like, you're in your underwear. I was like, Mr. Percy doesn't know that. Um, <laughs> I get over there, and he just wanted to um, show me a little drink that he had brought. For me. He's like, hey, Dave, have you ever tried this? I, know, I said, right. Mr. Percy, I... I can't even see what you got in your hand. I've got no idea. Oh, is it dark? Yes, it is. So he is, he is a hunter. He is extremely, um, he can't see anything. And um, I wanted a zero-turn mower, and I felt like the Lord said, you can get a zero-turn mower, but I want you to cut Mr. Percy's lawn. And like Val said, I said, hey, Mr. Percy, I want to move your grass. I don't know what you've got going on as far as contract goes with the guy that's doing it. And he said, actually, the guy had a stroke. And he's not going to be, he can't do it anymore. So it worked out great. I said, you're not going to pay us. You're not going to pay me. I did it by myself for a couple of years. And he had a little issue with that, paying and not paying us. Um, but I, again, we were both Marines. And I said, you're not doing this. You're not doing it. This is a way we get to love you. And um, so don't take that away from me. And um, then the boys started doing it as a kind of a way for us to teach them how to love their neighbors well, and especially Mr. Percy. And um, they did it. They were glad to do it. And um, Mr. Percy is extremely tech savvy. He has the Alexa. He's all the time was having UPS packages dropped off. And I'm like, how is he doing? How does he do it? And when he found out about cash apps, he got one, and I had just got a text on my phone that said, uh, Mr. Percy sent you $50. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I called him. We actually had a conversation, and I, and I said, you, I, I, I'm, you are not paying us to do this. He said, Dave, you cut my lawn for years and you haven't accepted any money and now I have a way to pay you and it blesses me to bless you because you've been blessing me um, and so my boys now make money when they cut Mr. Percy's yard but it did not start out like that not even close yeah, well, I just think it's such a cool picture because it really was, you know, what's one thing we can commit to? We cut our own grass. We just, you'll see Dave ride right across the street and start cutting. And now, like you said, the boys do it. Um, and that in return, we were blessed, not even trying to be blessed. But I think it's just natural. That's what happens when you're doing something and just being obedient to the Lord. Uh, it's like comes full circle. Um, the other thing that we love to do is have people in our home. COVID really has messed this up for us. Uh, but we have believers and non-believers, and sometimes I'm like, I think we're a magnet for unbelievers, but that's great because we love them. We're going to love them right where they're at. So our kids know that people come in our home and don't have great language. They know they're living a life that's not for the Lord, and we explain to them what our evening may look like, and they know the times to possibly leave the room for different types of conversations. Uh, but that's something that we we do, and we just love people because, I mean, even Romans 5, 8, uh, but God shows us his love uh, while we were even sinners, Christ died for us, and we were there too, and we've been a neighbor that needed something, and we've been 
um, in a position that someone needed to really love us when we were broken down or, or not even knowing the Lord. So that's what we get to do in return to other people. Um, so number three, why is love essential? And so hopefully this all ties in and has made sense along the way. <laughs> Um, God's love is the only way others will know and see that we are indeed Christians. Sometimes it's just love. It doesn't matter what scripture you know and, you know, what thing you can do. It's loving them exactly where they're at. John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you uh, love one another. We were created to receive um, God's love ourselves, but we were also created to pass it on to other people. We get to love others. Uh, I remember Cindy Strickland really drilled that into me. You know, I'd go see her weekly, and I'm, you know, complaining. She's like, oh, but this is an opportunity that you get to love people. I'm like, I don't feel like it. Why do I have to be the one to love them? Can't other people love them? But it really is. I mean, I actually do stop and say to myself, this is an opportunity. I get to love them. And it's not easy all the time. It's, you know, you put some effort into it. It could be an annoying neighbor or it could be a really needy friend in that season. But it's an opportunity the Lord gives us that we get to give something that is so abundantly given to us um, many times or all the time really from the Lord. But really we wanted to talk about works versus work because, you know, like we said before, you don't have to, you know, do things for approval and the love of God. But it is work. That's what co-laboring is. And that's, we've really um, uh, embraced co-laboring with the Lord because it's, it starts with his idea and us saying yes to what he wants us to do. It was not natural for me to say, oh, I see your point of view. You know, I am so sorry that I you know, misunderstood, that is not easy. For two people that get defensive in an argument as the, that reaction, it was work, let me tell you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I second that. Um, but it's not saying that in order to receive love. I don't have to do anything else to receive Dave's love. But if I want to grow our love then I do have to put work into it. And it's worth it because, like I said, it starts with what the Lord is calling us to do. Um, so that's my summary. Um, so how do we get there? Uh, you can't love, if you can't love within the closest group of people in your life, for me that's the people inside my four walls of uh, our home, then it's really going to be difficult getting outside of that and loving people not in your group. Think about what love would look like in the current state of our United States and, and world. What? <laughs> think of every barrier that could be broken down by love and think about um, how you respond in love. Yeah, one of my favorite movies is The Village. I know that's probably weird if people know that movie, but it actually is a really unique movie. I mean, here's this, it's a group of people that out of fear really have experienced hard hardships and create this village and this community and really try to work together and love one another. And there's a situation that comes up 
um, and they have to send somebody to the towns, and, and the elders are meeting about it, and they're asking, well, how could you send Ivy? She's blind. And her father looks at the elders and says, um, Ivy sees the world differently. She loves, and the world moves for love. And I think that's such a powerful line. We had no idea. We watched it recently, and we were like, it does. It's like love is the barrier that if it's all, love can break every barrier, just loving people, but it really does start with trusting and knowing the love of God for us, loving ourselves, that we are worthy of his love, and loving these, the sphere with us, within us, and going out and loving the world, because the world really will move for love. Yeah, that's good. Love's the common denominator. And the world moves for love. I like that. Lord, we love you. Thank you that we get to love. Thank you we get to love one another, our families, our communities, our neighbors. Even though it's hard sometimes. Lord, thank you for putting it in black and white in your word, for spelling it out. Lord, thank you for giving us hearts that long to do what you have designed us to do. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much, Dave and Val. Um, gosh, I love what they said, that responses and how we respond to one another, how we respond to the love of God um, breaks barriers down. It breaks down the walls that have been built. And I love that Jesus was intentional to break down the barrier and the wall that separated us and brought us close to the Father. And, um, you know, so we want to lean into those things. We want to lean into what the Lord is saying about the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, that there's nothing that separates us from that. And so this morning, if you feel like there's a barrier between you and the Lord, we would love to pray for you. You can contact us at dothancf.com um, slash prayer, and a part of our ministry team will come, will, would be calling and praying for you, contacting you, and um and this morning, if you're in-house, we'd love to pray for you. Um, and it can be about the love of God. It can be about how do you love one another well. Um, Jesus says to love one another deeply from the heart. And um, so maybe there's a sense of this. Maybe you would like to know more of what that is. And I love something they brought up. And it's like, you know, they would talk about how they were feeling. And feelings are valid. And um, this morning, you may be feeling a certain way. But I love something that Wendy Backlund says in her book, Victorious Emotions, that she began to stop asking herself how she was feeling, but what did she believe? And so this morning, what do you believe about the love of God towards you? What do you believe about the love of God towards one another and for yourself? And so this morning, we just want to let you know that we're here to pray for you in any way, in any capacity, whether that be, you know, maybe you need financial breakthrough, you need a spiritual breakthrough or a, a physical breakthrough. 
we would love to be a part of that with you. And so this morning, we thank you that you've joined us online, and um, we hope you guys have a great week. Um, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. I know this year it will look different um, for everyone a little bit. Everyone's probably making different plans. But the key is, is that in all things we give thanks, and we're thankful to the Lord who loves us more than any. And so we love you guys, and have a good holiday this week. Love you.